0: This next hour is all about our walk with
1: Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. So very great to have you along with us today on Afternoons with Mike. On the line with me, a new friend, somebody that is coming to the Big Chamber Expo that is gonna be in Central Florida this coming April. You've heard a lot about that on my program, as well as our Shepherd at Work program that's on on Saturdays. Uh, Andrew Krapuschet is a longtime business leader. He's an entrepreneur. He's an innovator. And uh, this guy has a resume that is as long as you can believe. It's really great. He got to start out in Silicon Valley, and that's not a bad place to get into the tech business. (laughs) If you're going to do it, that's a great place to go. He founded in 2021 a company called Red Balloon, and they are America's largest connector of both employers and employees who prioritize a positive work culture. Now, this part that I'm about to say kind of really says it for Andrew. A culture that is free from the divisiveness of the cancel culture mandates that so many businesses and all the rest of us hear about all the time. Andrew, it is so great to have you on my program.
0: Thanks so much, Mike. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And, um, and hello, everybody. I hope you're everyone's having a wonderful afternoon.
1: So you're a Californian who has made his way to Idaho, and uh, you're right in the middle of the cold winter.
0: I've been up here for 20 years, so I, I again I started in the Bay Area. I kind of got to do the dot com thing. Very blessed to work with some just wonderful businesses down there. Um, got to see everything from businesses that were profitable and kind of growing in that space to uh, businesses that took on um, huge amounts of venture capital money um, and really changed their business, changed their mindset. Um, I think for the worse. Um, and And when I got to see those things firsthand, it really gives you um, an MBA in business because you um, see what the results of kind of changing the culture uh, when you're in the Bay Area. So started down there at the ripe old age of 22. I got kind of burned out on traffic and and liberals. Um, And so I moved out of San Francisco and moved up to Idaho. And I've been up here for over 20 years now and uh, just simply love it. I live on 60 acres. Ten minutes from the office, I've got five kids, my wife teaches at a Christian school, we've got three big dogs, and it's uh, it's the good life.
1: You know, it is so refreshing to hear the story of somebody who is a believer, and somebody who is not only a believer, but a, a parent of five kids. I mean, even that stat right there is kind of rare in today's day. But here you are in California and those things, those are like um, opposite ends of the spectrum as to what a lot of people think of when we hear stuff coming out of California. Now, Uh, this must really drive you crazy from the standpoint of having lived there, having uh, worked there in your early career and then kind of uh, feeling the pressure, like you said, from the liberal impact that that area brings it's really nuts what's going on out there right now, right?
0: It absolutely is. And I have a lot of friends there. In fact, I have, uh, because I was blessed to, um, and we'll get into this maybe, I've sold businesses six times now. So I've had six successful business exits. Over the years, I know a lot of people in private equity and venture capital down in the Bay Area. I've got uh, some deep connections. And one of my very good friends who lives in San Francisco, I was, you know, just talking about Idaho and that I can see a hundred miles from my front porch. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. I can see a hundred homeless people from my front porch. <laughs> I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: now I think a lot it's of people really who walk got. down, who walk down there, they can say, I can see a hundred hypodermic needles on the ground from where yeah, I'm standing.
0: There's a, there's a hundred of a lot of bad things that you can, that you can easily see in San Francisco. And it's sad because right, you have, uh, it's a beautiful state. It is a beautiful place to have grown up. Uh, we loved going over to Santa Cruz. Um, we had friends in Santa Barbara. Um, uh, the whole area—you know—you go up to like Tahoe. Um, you go skiing up there. You go water skiing even Lake Tahoe, which um, those who have done that know that it's very very cold but beautiful. Uh, all these things are beautiful about California, but unfortunately, the the one downside is the 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 politics and just the mindset um, that has been fostered by whether it's universities or kind of this liberal mindset that really is hurting the state. Um, and I know a lot of friends and families, farmers down in California, they're just struggling to make ends meet because of the taxes, the regulation, everything else that kind of comes along with um, being in the middle of California today.
1: I don't think it's really wrong to say this because I, I don't know the exact percentage, but wouldn't it be from a standpoint of most other places in the country in the flyover States or places like where you are there in Idaho It seems like it would cost at least 30 to 40 percent more in terms of how much your annual income needs to be just to kind of stay on even par. And that 30 or 40 percent more uh, is basically, like you said, taxes and higher costs because of more rigid uh, restrictions on things like emissions from cars. Uh, All of that goes in. It's, It's about that much more, isn't it?
0: It absolutely is. Um, Sales tax, everything, every aspect of life in California. And because um, houses are very expensive, and it's not just because the land's expensive. It's because when you have um, regulations or Department of Environmental Quality who is breathing down the neck of home builders, um, then everything is going to start just costing more. Um, In fact, uh, one of the things that Red Balloon does, and we do this um, in conjunction with Public Square – Is We do a survey. Uh, It's a monthly survey called the Freedom Economy Index, where we survey over 80,000 businesses that are all part of this um, kind of conservative freedom economy and ask them a variety of questions. And one of the questions we've asked is, um, are you happy with the state that you're currently doing business in? And um, have you thought about moving? Have you thought about areas where you would want to move to? And so over 50% of the businesses that we hear from say, no, I'm perfectly happy with the state I'm in. Um, if you filter it for only red states, um, you know, we'll think of Texas or Florida or Idaho, where I live, um, it's something like 70% of the businesses are perfectly happy with where they are. They're not even thinking about moving or not planning on moving. Unfortunately, if you focus on California, only 13% of the respondents in California said that they are happy with where they are today. Uh, The other um, over 80%, over 85% are thinking about a move, are planning on a move, or would like to move. They simply can't afford to right now, but as soon as they can, um, they're going to. I talked to one large employer in California who is a multi-billion dollar business, and they say every year they run the math on how much um, does it pencil for us to leave the state of California. And they said in every year, It gets closer and closer to making sense financially to leave the state. And that's very sad because that is going to cost jobs. That's going to cost opportunities for people in California. And when you drive out states, when you drive out people who are um, bringing economic prosperity to your area, uh, it it is just bad for the citizens, which is always sad because I've got a lot of friends down there. um, And I wish that wasn't the case, but unfortunately it is.
1: You know, there's another question about this that I don't, I I think every one of us in our area, Florida is one of those uh, areas, Andrew, as you know, that a lot of Californians have aimed at uh, they may stop in. Texas. I know a lot of them are stopping in other states along the way and they're moving there, but we get a good, a good fair amount of people from both New York and California moving down to Florida. The one thing that I've never understood is that with all of this going on, all of these people, like you said, 80% or so just around things over unhappy and wanting to move out, What in the world is going on with the governor and the other leaders of that state? Why do they think that this can kind of, uh, consist this way? It's not sustainable, right?
0: Well, it's not sustainable, but I do think that they live in a bit of a bubble and they're, and they're such ideologues that they are so focused on, um, their worldview, how they're thinking about the the world that they, they can't see the perspective from other people. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's one of the things we've lost in America. It used to be that you know, I, I don't need everybody to think the way that I do. I'm a conservative Christian unapologetically, but I don't need everyone to lockstep with the way that I see the world. But I would love to be able to have a conversation, and I need to be able to see things from other, people point of, other people's point of view. Um, and I think, unfortunately— what we've seen in California is the leadership, whether it's the elected officials or even some of the you know big businesses that are pushing on those elected officials. Um, what we're seeing from them is they 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 are unwilling to see the point of view of someone else, and they are very, very insular. There was a recent video from uh, the fine governor of California where he was in a grocery store with his daughter, I think. Um, or uh, or something. He was in a grocery store, and someone was basically walking out with $900 worth of stuff, and the clerk was like, yeah, that just happens all the time. He's like, well, why don't you do something about it? And the clerk is like, well, because the governor basically won't enforce anything, so it's not worth fighting, um, and we're probably going to close our store soon. And he was making light of this, of like, oh, well, we have strict laws, and that's ridiculous. Uh, but it didn't even occur to him that a lot of the laws that he's passed are having such a Dramatic and disproportionate impact on these small businesses that simply can't afford to have that level of crime um, happen in their state and to their business. And so wow. that's one of the things I, I just think they, they live in a bubble and they don't um, actually know what's going on in the real world sometimes.
1: And yet and he had, you know, this big vote that went up for the people of California to recall him as governor and the people voted him in. And that's the part that always is a head scratcher to me when they had that opportunity to kind of change right. the, the the direction for the state, they didn't do it.
0: That's right. That's right. And we've seen that over and over again. Um, and so, um, unfortunately, um, you know, sometimes you're, um, you are so focused on what you're going to get. Um, and, and all of us struggle with this, right? It's, Uh, You're so focused on what you think you can get out of the situation that you're not thinking about anyone else. You're not thinking about the state. You're thinking, well, um, I want to continue to get um, subsidies or I want to continue to get handouts from the government. And um, even if it costs my neighbor uh, the opportunity to thrive and be successful, that's what I want. Um, And unfortunately, uh, selfishness really has impacts, and, and we get to see it firsthand.
1: Uh, You mentioned having a strong Christian faith, and and that is so refreshing to hear somebody like you having been in in this liberal state where... I think of California the way I think that uh, biblically they spoke of Nazareth. <laughs> you know, can't yeah, anything right? good come from California? Well, my interview with you today proves that yes, it is. and I I'm being very facetious with that. There are so many wonderful churches and great people in that state. It used to be a beautiful destination. But a lot of us down here now, would never want to even go there. And it. you mentioned San Francisco, Andrew. That is one of the saddest things to see. It's heartbreaking from a standpoint of what's going on, people stealing things, uh, having a limit where they won't prosecute you if you walk out the door with something that's not yours. Uh, that kind of crazy stuff, again, it's not sustainable. And my prayers are going out with people who are trying to hang on to their home, but they are having a hard time doing it.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And there are great things that have come out of California. Obviously, um, I came out of California. That's right. uh, But, uh, yeah, me me aside, uh, you know, one of our good partners, Public Square, they were started down in San Diego and they, have you know, recently moved their headquarters to Florida because the taxes and the regulations were just eating them alive. And so they had to get out of there. So um, there's so many good people. There's so much great opportunity in that state. um, And. Uh, It will be interesting to see what the future is for California, because I'm going to give you one more stat on the state of California. Uh, There's this interesting group of people um, that are early kind of indicators of how an economy are going to go. There are people who are under 30 years old, earning over six figures. So over $100,000 a year, under 30 years old. So they're in their 20s, earning six figures. Those are generally people who are going to be the business leaders, Um, the community leaders of the future. So these are younger people who are earning good money. California, leading up to 2020 and 2021, generally had a net out-migration of about 100 of these people a year. Um, And that's to to be expected, right? They they had great opportunities in California, um, and then they're going to go take those opportunities and go somewhere else. Um, So that really shouldn't have been too disturbing. But when you look at 2020, Um, That number went from about 100 a year to over 8,000 of those type of people that left the economy and left the state of California, and that continued in 21. And so what you're seeing is the people who want to be – who are driven, who are motivated to drive prosperity, who create jobs, who create businesses, those people are feeling so stifled, so suffocated by what's happening in California um, that they're leaving. And that mm-hmm. is just going to have a long-term impact that I think right now we can't even see. And we're obviously seeing the results of uh, the budget deficits that's happening in California and everything else. But um, I don't know. I, I'm with you. My, my heart is uh, with California. My prayers are with the people there. Um, it will be interesting to see how, how low they need to go uh, before they make a political change and stop some of the craziness that's going on there.
1: Well, I my heart is for them and our prayers as yours. I, I tell you, it's it's very, very sad to see our country in the mess that we're in right now. Now, you, though, you had somehow, you got the gospel message and you got it deep in your heart and it changed your life. How did that happen, Andrew?
0: Yeah, I, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian household. We were very plugged in to uh, to a church in Sunnyvale. Um, and then we, you know, ended up going to a church in San Francisco for a while. We really were kind of um, had some wonderful churches that we were at for many years down in the in the Bay Area, um, and just good people um, speaking in my life. I was, you know, in a WANA program early on. If you know anything about a WANA oh, yeah, you end up mem- memorizing a lot of scripture um, and putting God's Word in your heart is so important. When, you know, tough times come, um, we ended up going to a church in San Francisco where the um, where the pastor uh, spoke out against some of the sins that are so prevalent in San Francisco, whether it was pedophiles or um, some of the homosexuality that's going on in the city. Mm-hmm. We actually had to fight through a, a picket line most Sunday mornings to get to church in San Francisco um, because they did not want the gospel to be preached in that way. Um, he had his house firebombed. His name was Chuck McElhaney. Um, and that's very formative as a young Christian, right? And then when I ended up moving up to Idaho, um, you know, you're, you're kind of battle ready in an interesting way when you've had to live your faith out in the midst of that type of, of pushback, um, which set me up very well as I've started many businesses over the years um, and had to um, kind of fight hard for that. Uh, but I have been blessed to grow up in a Christian household. My parents are faithful. My my older sister is married to a pastor. My younger brother works for me. We go to church together. Uh, so I can't tell you how grateful and blessed I am in all of that.
1: You know, that is uh, you know, speaking of, sp- of stats, that is something uh, that you just don't hear that much. Uh, the nuclear family is what you experience. It's what I experienced growing up, uh, that we all went to church together. That just doesn't happen much in this culture anymore, does it?
0: That's right, and and I think that's um, that's been under attack. It's been under attack by the by the public school system. It's been under attack by the university system, by the mainstream media. Um, they realized that nuclear family is the most powerful uh, social institution um, because it's what God created and the way that it should be. And obviously, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Whether you know you you have a single parent. Um, and they're striving to be faithful in that situation, right? God draw, draws straight with crooked lines sometimes, um, but in a perfect, you know, in an ideal world, when you have the opportunity for a husband and wife to stay together for their whole marriage, for for their whole lives, and to raise kids, um, that's how you create kids who are going to be world changers. Um, and Lord willing, you know, I've been married for almost 21 years now. Um, that's that's our plan, um, and our five kids were excited about where we're going with all of them.
1: That's wonderful. We're going to be back with our guest, Andrew Krapuchet, in just a moment. We'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. My guest today is Andrew Krapuchetz, and he is a big business person. You can tell, friends, from listening to somebody like this, that you can understand why the U.S. Christian Chamber would want to have a guy to be a keynote speaker. And uh, this whole thing that's coming to Orlando in April, it is going to be a bit of a world changer, we believe, too, with all the people like yourself coming in. So we're excited to have you, my friend.
0: Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's fun fun to have a conversation.
1: Well, you know you've uh, given us a good bit of your background and how cool it was that your parents raised you up uh, in a believing home and and you attended church and still to this day great relationship with your own family and then you've got five kids of your own I mean, This is a success story of, of great proportion, and I'm happy to have you on one of the things that I would love for you to uh, kind of bring us all up to date on is how in the world it was that you found yourself not only having the ideas that an entrepreneur must have, but to have the business savvy to be able to carry on one successful business after another. What do you attribute that to?
0: Well, obviously, um, I, I believe that all creativity comes from the Lord. Um, and you know, if you lo- if you look back to when we were all kindergartners, and you know, I like, think back to those days, all of us wanted to draw things. Whether it was cr- kindergarten, I mean, for uh, with crayons in yeah. kindergarten, um, we, right? We wanted to create something. And I think what that is is we serve the creator of the universe, and we, um, as many creators, are are eager to create things. Um, and as a Christian, we have the best why, right? If you read Simon Sinek's book. And start with why we have the best why to start a business to really truly bless people because we understand who the creator of the universe is. We also understand um, that are we are put here to glorify God and to enjoy forever. And so, if you put those thing, two things together, you have a great opportunity to start businesses. And so, when I moved up to Idaho and I'd worked for a number of these dot coms and really been blessed to work with great people, but I hadn't started a business. When I moved up here to Idaho at the ripe old age of 22. Um, I kind of looked around and realized there weren't any good jobs in this nice little town that I had just moved to. Um, I had a great church community. Uh, There was a great academic community because the University of Idaho is here. Um, New St. Andrews College is here. But there wasn't a good business community. There weren't great job opportunities. And I realized that for people um, to have a great job, it really is more than just a nine-to-five hobby. And think about it like this. When you introduce yourself to someone new and you ask them, what do you do? You're asking them what their job is. But Um, That question betrays that a job is not just a nine-to-five hobby, as I said. It's actually a calling. It's a vocation. It is a defining feature of a person's life. Uh, People define themselves. I'm a software developer. I'm a plumber. I'm a CEO. And so um, I wanted to create jobs that would allow people and Christians to be able to have prosperous lives. And so when I started the first business here in Moscow, Idaho, my, and this is a, and as a side note, this is not a great business goal, but it was my business goal, is I wanted 50 people earning over $50,000 a year in Moscow, Idaho, in my little town. Hmm. So 50 to 50 was my initial goal. And, and you think about what that, that vision and that goal is, that is a goal outside of making the most money for myself or um, trying to, you know, be personally prosperous. And look, I'm still a capitalist, I'm not fo- opposed to making money. But my, my fundamental driving goal was how do I drive prosperity and great jobs for other people? And the Lord blesses that kind of thing. When you are trying to bless others, God built the world in such a way that that blessing will come back around on your own head. Um, and so I think that's probably what I attribute it to. When you um, can get outside of yourself, when you can say, what's the problem that other people have at scale, whether it's they need jobs, whether it's, Um, You know, one of the businesses I started was a software business around 3D printing, um, and it was a really fascinating um, thing. And it's like, well, this is clearly a problem that a lot of businesses have, and so what if I solve it? And if I solve it, um, then I'm going to be able to make money in the meantime. So if you're simply trying to bless other people with technology, with tools, with widgets, um, with plumbing, whatever it is, when you're trying to bless others, that's where the innovation comes from. Um, When you're trying to just figure out what's the thing that's going to make me the most money, um, there's a very high probability you're going to fail at business. Um, And so I think uh, that's just an example of how God built the world. And so when I look at all the businesses that I've been blessed to start, whenever I had a mindset of how can I bless other people, my business did well. Whenever I had a mindset of, okay, I think I can make some money because this is an interesting market niche. Um, I struggled a little bit more, partly because I wasn't as excited about it. Um, I wasn't as engaged in it. Um, and partly, um, God built us in such a way that we should bless others. And when we do, he's going to turn around and bless us.
1: When you began that 50-50 idea, now I would imagine that in, in Idaho, 50000 was, was indeed a very good salary, right?
0: That's right. and and And, and this is This is 20 years ago. So, um, you know, inflation has done things to a $50,000 a year salary. But 20 years ago in Idaho, $50,000 was enough that you could not only live, but you could actually go out and, you know, have dinner on occasion and um, have a little bit more of a prosperous life. I don't think $50,000 goes as far as it used to, but it really was a goal that was how do we bring prosperity to my town? And how do I do it by dying to self and creating jobs for other people?
1: Wow. You know, that is that's so admirable. And I would just love to say on behalf of all of our listeners, thank you for being one who is a leader, who has that kind of a goal, who's deferring to others and really more mindful of them than, and, than you are worried about your own bottom line. That is such a refreshing thing. And again, that's going to be a message, whether it's a key point of what you'll be talking about, those that know you, those that spend time with you, would just love to say thank you for being that kind of person that would live in that kind of a selfless atmosphere, because you exude that, and I'm sure everyone around you is appreciative.
0: Yeah, well, um, again, um, all the glory goes to God. And the way that God built the world is, by the grace of God, um, I made millions of dollars by living that out, right? My goal was not to make millions of dollars. My goal was to bless people. Um, But then I got blessed um, exponentially because that was my mindset. So, um, you know, if everyone's out there thinking, well, and then I'm going to you know, be eating ramen and baked potatoes the rest of my life. No, we can still be capitalists, but have a mindset that's focused on blessing others. And you can actually be um, very prosperous in the middle of that. So, um, you know, and again, I don't I don't take credit for this. This is just what God has given me. Um, And, you know, as we get into why I started Red Balloon, um, it really ended up being the major driver for what I'm trying to do here.
1: That's so great. Now, tell us about the idea behind the name Red Balloon. I personally think that is one cool name and it certainly uh, lends (laughs) itself wonderfully to marketing. But where did you come up with that one with what was behind all of that?
0: Yeah, well, I think we have to we have to go back just a little bit more. So one of the businesses I was running um, that I'd helped start, I'd built to about a $50 million tech business, had hundreds of employees. I really loved my work. I loved the opportunity um, to to bless customers. We had, in fact, kind of three anchors that we talked about at the business all the time, bless the customer, bless the employee, and bless the shareholder in that order. So it starts with making sure the customer was better off because they interacted with us that the employee was better off because they worked there, and then the shareholder would do well as long as the customer and the employee were put first. And I I sold the business a number of times, which was fun. Uh, Unfortunately, every time you sell a business, you lose some control. And when 2020 came around, um, the board decided that I was too conservative and Christian for their liking, and I found myself delightfully unemployed, kicked out of my own business that I had started um, and we were growing 25% oh a year goodness. with a 40% margin. So it was a wildly successful business. Um, and, and they decided that I just didn't have the right social media profile uh, for that business. Um, and, and, it, and I'll be honest, this was a, you know, yay though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. It was a hard time um, because I loved the work that I was doing. I really had a lot of my identity tied up in that, which I didn't realize um, until I lost it. Um, And I realized I needed to have more of my identity in Christ, Um, but it was, it was a difficult time. And my wife did an amazing job of having my back through that whole period. In fact, she wrote an article in the Federalist um, and she said, you know, my husband wasn't fired. He was redeployed and he was redeployed. And if the King tells you to go take that hill over there, who are you to say no? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, okay, honey, that's exactly what I need to hear. So what a gift. Yeah, it was amazing. And so that's where Red Balloon came from. I basically was given a choice between my job and my values. Um, And I was uh, fortunate enough to choose my values and lose my job. But um, I knew that there was going to be a lot of Americans who were going to be in that same boat. And if you think about uh, balloons, um, a balloon is a way to transport people. Um, And if you've ever been on a hot air balloon, it's kind of this floating sensation. You don't have a lot of control. Um, but you're going somewhere, and I think that's what the job search process looks like, and people are moving to red states or red businesses or red parts of blue states, um, and they're looking for freedom. There's also this really cool story of a uh, family that escaped from East Germany um, using a hot air balloon, and and brought, you know, this is a dad who um, built a hot air balloon and took his family to safely over the Berlin Wall. Um, it was a really cool story. So, all of those oh, things man. kind of came together to create Red Balloon, create the branding around it. And how do we help people travel to freedom? How do we bring them to a spot where they can be free at work? Um, because being free at work has a disproportionate impact on your ability to think clearly and be free in other areas of your life. Oh, that's played awesome. out amazingly where I have received hundreds of thank you notes from perfect strangers saying, you know, I found a new job through red Um, You've changed the trajectory of my family. You've saved my marriage. Um, We're going to church again. There's so many amazing stories that I've been able to be just part of um, because we help bring um, job seekers and employers together who value freedom, who value what made America great in the first place.
1: Wow. That is so great. That is a wonderful story. And it sounds like you yourself have indeed, you've been on a a, a hot air balloon before, right?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Um, And actually... Yeah, if you've ever, if, if I, I don't know, uh, Mike, have you been on a hot air balloon before?
1: No, I have not. I've always been interested in them, but I've never done it.
0: Okay, so I've only been on one once, um, and we were in England. We were actually in Dartmoor, England, which is kind of out on the moors, kind of where you know some of the Sherlock Holmes places, you know, books were written. And we're up in the balloon, and you can't control them, right? The only way that you can control where you're going is you go up or down and try and find wind that's going the right direction um, for you to go where you want to go. I mean, that's basically how you control it. It's also perfectly silent up there. Yeah, that's right. You're going with the wind, right? There's no wind noise because you're with the wind. You're just kind of, you're with um, whatever way the wind is going. So it's very quiet. Um, You don't have a ton of control. It feels like looking for a job. But the funny part is the landing. Um, So this guy who was the pilot for the balloon, and and I guess the guy who runs the balloon is a pilot, the guy um, who was uh, the pilot for our balloon actually flew for um, British Airways um, or British Airlines. And um, so he's like, okay, so we're going to land over in that field in about 20 seconds. Um, And I had three of my kids with me. He's like, and just so you know, you're the seatbelt for all three of your kids. So what you (laughs) want to do is pin them all against the side of the basket and hold on for dear life. I'm like, what? Like, could I have had a little more warning on this? <laughs> anyway, so it was it was exciting, um, and that's a little oh bit of the inspiration for Red Balloon.
1: Oh my goodness, that's such a great story! I'm so glad I asked that question. I was up 400 feet one time on a parasailing expedition that I oh, was yeah. on in the Bahamas, and that was an experience like I had never had before. Because you're right; you'd think it's real windy and noisy but when I was up there, I could hear literally nothing. And that is including even the sound of the boat. I was beyond all of that. It was one of the most serene experiences. And the boat looked like a little tiny, uh, white dot down there and it's pulling me along and I'm on 400 feet of uh, a tethered and praying to God that, uh, that that line wasn't going to break, and that's right, that's what happened. But uh, man, I, it didn't, and they pulled me down. It was one of the one of the most fun experiences. Well, that's a great name. I I can see all sorts of marketing opportunities you have, and the whole thing about uh, it being read as well. I mean that you know I know without getting overly into politics, one of the things that going back to California that you mentioned, it's an unfortunate reality that. The politics actually got dangerous in that area. So you're, you're seeing now all over America what happens when our politics become out of control and we are, are really not uh, any longer protecting people the way I believe our government's number one role should be. And so that's what's happening in California. It's kind of dangerous to be there. But uh, I love your red balloon of safety, and you're taking people out of bondage into the land that's green and free. Good for you, man. That's awesome. I love that name. Yeah. Well,
0: thank you. And, it's, uh, and, and, it, and, and the fun part is it's working, right? Um, because, um, you know, these, these notes that I get from people, we've helped thousands of people find new jobs uh, where they can be free. And, and what I'm finding is a lot of people will be in one of these companies. Um, Where they're having a, I'll call it a leftist worldview jammed down their throat all the time. And they think, well, I'm just going to keep my head down. I'm going to self censor. I'm going to, you know, get along, go along to get along. Um, And it really doesn't have an impact on me. Then I'll go home with my family and everything will be fine. Um, But a lot of people, when I start seeing these notes where they're like, I found a new job and I had no idea what an impact living in that environment was having on my worldview, on my interaction with my family. You know, I mentioned people who said that we saved their marriage. One guy, he wrote me, he said, you know, when I um, was in a spot where I wasn't free, I didn't realize that I was bringing all of that home to my family and my marriage was in really bad shape. And then I got a new job where I was free. And um, I realized that I was not being the father and the husband that I needed to be. And I, I I made a lot of changes in my life because of the job that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while this is, wasn't my plan to be, you know, I wasn't on a mission to go out and save marriages by building a job board. Um, that's what's um, that's how it's turned out, which has been really, really fun. Um, and we're just trying to bring people to a safe space where they can be free. They can live their values out loud. Um, and they can have a great job where they can be free.
1: One final question about that most unfortunate experience that you turned that lemon into lemonade when uh, you were fired from your own company. How long did it take you to be back on uh, on good track again with a brand new company? How long did that take?
0: No, it's a great question. I was planning on taking a year off because I'm also doing a housing development here um, in Idaho, I have a number of commercial real estate properties that I um, enjoy part of the reason I love um, owning property and I love building housing for people is because cool. um, real estate is an interesting opportunity for hospitality. Um, you can uh, you can share the gospel in the way that you take care of people's homes um, and you can be hospitable to people at scale when you do housing but that's maybe a, a conversation for another podcast but yeah. Um, So I was going to take a year off and just focus on real estate, uh, maybe play a little golf, hang out with my family a little bit more. Um, But it was about three or four months after I left that a friend challenged me. They said, you know, you're burying your talents in the ground. You were put in a tough spot personally um, with uh, being removed from your business. And I know you just want to take a year off and, and take it easy. But Um, There's going to be a lot of Americans that are going to be put in a very similar position where they have to decide between their job and their values. Mm -hmm. Um, And you need to um, be a place where they can go um, so that if they live their values out loud, if they are brave at work and it costs them their job, they know where they can get a job somewhere else. So um, it was only about three, four months before um, I was back in the saddle. There you go. I'm not very good at retirement.
1: (laughs) I love that. Andrew Krapuchetz is my guest today. We'll be back with him. This is Afternoons with Mike.
0: The Shepherd Radio Network is thrilled to work with The Ramsey Show to bring our listeners an opportunity to win Ramsey SmartTax e-filing software and a copy of Dave's The Momentum Theorem. Our very own Mike Gilland will be hosting a meet-and-greet and and prize collection on Wednesday, March 6th at Driver's Mart Winter Park from 2 to 6 p.m. Some of you may even join Mike on the air. To enter, go to theshepherdradio.com, click on Enter to Win, and fill out the form for your chance to win. We'll see you Wednesday, March 6th at Driver's Mart Winter Park from 2 to 6 p.m.
1: My guest today is Andrew Krapuschatz, and he is one of the guys that will be speaking at the upcoming expo that is going to be held by the U.S. Christian Chamber. And that is in April in uh, the, the parks area down near SeaWorld, and that's going to be a lot of fun to uh, be together in this uh, big, beautiful resort area and to hear the wonderful things that these presenters, like Andrew, will be bringing to us. Uh, one of the things we've learned about his company that he loves called Red Balloon is that they help connect people Uh, jobs with the people that could fill those jobs. And that sounds simple, but it's anything but simple to find the right employee, especially in a culture. And you've mentioned this before in your bio, Andrew, that one of the things that you work against, as do all business owners, this thing called the cancel culture and this kind of politically correct atmosphere that's going on with so many people. That makes it really difficult to do the kind of connection that you've had a heart to do, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you're a small business in America today, the hiring process is actually terrifying. I was actually speaking at a Christian booksellers conference in Charleston last weekend. A lot of small Christian bookstores who realize that if they hire someone in who is a bad fit for their culture, it could destroy their business. When you only have five or six employees, if you get a really bad employee who does not believe in what you're trying to accomplish as a business or is not a hard worker um, or is just a, you know, a sour egg, and they're going to have a huge impact on your business and the other employees and actually might destroy your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, but the problem is if you ask the wrong questions in an interview process, you might get a lawsuit. But if you don't ask those questions, then you get back to that bad fit employee, that bad hire, um, and then you have a lot of heartache, and then you get a lawsuit. And so um, in America today, hiring is terrifying, particularly for small businesses um, who are looking for um, conservative or Christian people who are going to help build their business. And so that's what Red Balloon does, and, and we work in a couple different ways. So we are a job board. You know, you think of a category like ZipRecruiter or Monster or Indeed. Um, Those are job boards who um, don't love America. In fact, we had a a large construction company in Texas who described their business as freedom-loving and God-fearing and Indeed kicked them off and said, you're never allowed to participate in Indeed again because that's a violation of community standards to be freedom-loving and
1: God-fearing. Or
0: Answers in Genesis, which is a a wonderful organization in Kentucky. Um, They got kicked off Indeed because they're a uh, Christian organization. and so. Um, so Red Balloon is a is a job board for those who want freedom in America. So we have, um, in the two years we've been in existence, o- almost 4,000 businesses have signed up. Over 2 million job seekers have been on the site looking for freedom. And so a business can post a job, and you can find the type of people that are going to build your culture and build your business and help you uh, make money and have a lot of fun in the meantime. So you can post jobs on redballoon.org and you're going to get access to the best kind of job seekers, the kind of job seekers who um, actually believe that America is a great country and capitalism is good um, and that uh, we should be kind and loving to each other and not bring a political agenda that they're going to push down everyone else's throat. So that's option number one. Um, And we also have a resume database. So you have access to tens of thousands of job seekers who are eager to work for a business who, and look, we're in a tight labor market and we're going to, you know, we see the help wanted signs all over the place. Um, And so having the opportunity to put your jobs out in front of the type of people that are going to be like-minded, that are going to be values aligned is a huge thing for a lot of our small businesses. Really? The second thing that we do is we've had a lot of businesses say, look, we would love you to just take over the hiring process. You know, I've hired thousands of people over the years. I have a team here um, who includes, amazon executives and others who have done hiring for many many companies and we've built really an amazing hiring process um, that allows us to get to the bottom of whether someone's going to be a good culture fit for your business is going to be values aligned and is going to bring value with the skills that they have and so for a lot of businesses we just take over the hiring process for them we charge way less than a corporate recruiter Um, and we can actually help write a job description. We'll do a compensation review. Um, We'll go out and source and screen people. We'll do a first interview for you to make sure that everybody you talk to is not going to waste your time but is actually going to be a values-aligned employee. So that's what Red Balloon does today. You can post jobs if you're a business. You can have us take over the hiring process if you're a business. And if you're a job seeker, everything is free for you. You can go to redballoon.org, you can fill out our profile, you can search for jobs. Um, We want to be a blessing to you, and we want you to find a job where you can be free.
1: That sounds so exciting, and I can only imagine if uh, uh, there's a Christian businessman out there that is wanting to hire, it would seem that that fear that you mentioned about getting sued would be a very real and present danger in this kind of culture that we're in right now, especially where it seems that if you're a believer in Jesus— There's already two strikes against you, not one, but two. (laughs) You didn't know what the first (laughs) one was. It's like, man, mention one more word, buddy, and you're out. And again, in this culture, cancel culture, you are cut out of social media and kicked off of places like Indeed. I was not aware it was that bad.
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And And it's been really fun. Like being, being, being able to be a blessing to a lot of these small businesses has just Uh, I'll be honest, you know, I probably could have made more money if I ran, went and ran a large tech business, which I've been offered to do. Um, But this is a way for me to bring blessing to businesses in America. You know, we had a a small Christian radio station um, in Texas, and he needed a new secretary. And because that person was going to be such a, um, a hub for the entire organization. He knew that if he got the wrong person in there, it was going to have a huge impact on his ability to run his business and really enjoy work. Um, and so we were able to do a nationwide search and find just the right person to help build his culture who was values aligned and was able to um, really be a blessing to his business. And he told me, he says, Man, Red Balloon is such an answer to prayer for us because. We didn't know where to start with the hiring process. And the fact that we just took it over for him uh, for a fraction of the cost of what you might pay a corporate recruiter uh, was just a deep blessing to his soul. And anytime you can bless other people, um, that's that's the stuff that's gonna you know get you get you up on Monday morning um, and get you fired up about going to work.
1: Now, would they? Let's uh, take a hypothetical situation that there is a, a construction company out there that is in need of, like you said, a, a, a person to work the front desk, and they are looking, and they have the same set of values that you've just mentioned with this radio station. Uh, when uh, do they have to? fear any kind of uh, reprisal for posting on Red Balloon when they don't post on these others? Or is Red Balloon uh, treated equally from a standpoint of the legal side of posting a job?
0: Yeah. no. So legally, you don't need to worry about anything. In fact, we have a labor lawyer on staff. Um, We put our team through EEOC training all the time. So um, you really don't need to worry about... Um, legal ramifications of working with Red Balloon to find a values aligned person. Um, We have had a couple of customers who said they posted jobs in Red Balloon um, and they had some of their customers say, oh, I don't know that I'm excited about you kind of aligning yourself with a conservative brand. Um, But those business owners also let me know those were the worst kind of customers they had anyway. So they were okay with that. Um, so, um, So we do have anonymous balloons. So if someone is like, look, I'd love access to the type of people that Red Balloon has, but I can't afford um, kind of maybe some of the blowback I might get from my customers, Um, then we do have Anonymous Balloon. We have an opportunity for you to – to post jobs, get access to people, and not have to worry about that.
1: Wow. I think that's wonderful, Andrew. And, you know, when you think about it, if you're looking for a job, I don't think too many people who are believers would want to be working for a company that would shun them because of their faith in the first place. So that makes uh, that, that might just help in the weeding out process, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, and that's, and that's what we're trying to do. And look, we, Um, You know, you need to be careful. We we do not discriminate. We do not discriminate on these all these protected categories. But we do help find people that are going to be a deep blessing to your business um, and that you can then turn around and be a deep blessing to them Hmm. um, because there's so many job seekers who feel trapped in a job where they can't be free. um, And all of a sudden they are going to find your business and they're going to find out that they can bring value to an organization that cares about what they care about. Um, man, that person's going to work so much harder for you uh, than someone who does not believe in what you believe in. So um, it's been fun to be able to be the connector of talent for this whole freedom economy.
1: When you're coming here in April, what is going to be your thrust of your message that you'll be speaking about?
0: Yeah, um, great question. Um, I want businesses to realize that they have um, more ability to live their values out loud than a lot of them realize um, it is it is easy to self-censor in today's world it is easy to um, trying to hide your hide your candle under a bushel um, instead of being brave um, and I want businesses to be brave because I actually think there's a great it's a great market opportunity to um, be unapologetic about who you are and um, it's the right thing to do anyway. Um, so I'm going to share some of my story, and I'm going to talk about why um, I have been deeply blessed by living my values out loud. Um, because you want to be brave. You want to. You want your kids to see you being brave, because that's also part of your story. You know, I, I like to tell people God cares more about the players than the score. Um, whether you make the most money is less important than whether you are building kids who are brave and are going to be. Um, the type of battle-ready kids that are going to make a huge dent in the world for the gospel. Yeah, um, And so that's my encouragement to people, and that's what's going to be the thrust of my talk.
1: Yeah, Are you seeing anything coming out in the news today about uh, any aspect of our, our prognosis with our economy that you feel good about, or is it just like trusting the Lord all the way? <laughs>
0: um, th- yeah, that's a great question. The economy is in a tricky spot right now, um, we have, uh, we're going to have a tight labor market for a long time because the birth rate has been low in America. We have baby boomers that have been returning, uh, retiring at historic rates. Um, and we have a lot of people that simply don't want to work anymore. 18% of able-bodied men, that's 25 to 65. Um, 18% of them simply are not even trying to get a job anymore. Um, and I think that's very disturbing and we need, Um, And as a consequence, we're going to have a tight labor market no matter what business you're in. Um, And what I tell people is the the silver lining in all of that is if you are a hard worker who does what you say you're going to do and does it when you say you're going to do it, you're going to have unbelievable opportunities in this economy Mm -hmm. because we're going to have a tight labor market. Um, And so that's my encouragement. Be faithful. Work hard.
1: Um, and the Lord will bless it. Wow. You've given such great advice and really, I believe, perspectives to us all today. And I really thank you for that. You know, when uh, you, you talk about this labor market and we know COVID had a major dent uh, in that market and, and, you know, then the government begins... Awarding people money, basically, not to work, that uh, that seems senseless to me as well. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but that doesn't seem smart. And yet that's yeah. what we're doing. so uh, you're it sounds like Red balloon's gonna have a a real uh, ripe future here for what you're doing.
0: Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, and and I guess my encouragement to anyone who's listening, um obviously, go to Red balloon, um look for opportunities where you can be free at work. if you're an employer. Go find the best um, employees there. But my overarching encouragement to people is when you look at the world right now, when you look at the economy, when you look at what's happening in D.C. or Ukraine or China or Russia, um, it can be overwhelming. You can feel like, what can I do? How can I have an impact? Um, But God has always used normal people to do extraordinary things. And if you are just sitting on your couch watching Fox News, wringing your hands, thinking about how bad things are. Um, that's not going to solve any problems. Right. Um, God calls us to action. God calls us to go out and do something. And you don't have to start by, I'm going to go do something massive and change the world. Do one thing, pick one thing. Um, you know, I, I had a good pastor once who told me, help one person in the way you wish you could help everyone. And so pick one thing that you can do differently, whether it's supporting a conservative or Christian business, whether it's encouraging someone in your community to be brave, Um, whether it's telling someone about Red Balloon or telling someone about this show um, and, and encouraging people to be brave and to live their values out loud as a Christian. If all of us start doing one thing different to help support the type of America that we want, then this country is going to change in a hot minute. And that's my encouragement to everybody. Don't just sit and wring your hands and think how bad things are. Go do something about it. And if you do, and all of us do, um, I think things get in a very better spot in a, in a hurry.
1: That sounds wonderful. Andrew, we're out of time. Andrew Krapuschetz, it has been just a delight to hear you. Look forward to meeting you in person in April. And uh, give us the website for Red Balloon. Yes
0: yeah, it's redballoon.work. Um, we're uh, not .com, it's .work, because we think work is redeeming, work is good for your soul. Um, and so we're into work. So redballoon.work, uh, we'd love to have you join the movement.
1: All right. Thanks for
0: having me, Mike.
1: You got it. And friends, thank you for being with us as well. This is Afternoons with Mike. See you next time.